you're responsible for pretty much your own your own dreams, your own destination. There's some form of accountability you have to have and um, hold yourself to it. Hold yourself to a high standard. You should be your your biggest enemy and your like best friend all along within yourself. You have to know yourself and you can't rely on Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the number one chilling podcast in the world. Um, so this episode, uh, obviously you have you guys haven't heard of me or a guest in about a week. So yeah, this is technically season two. I guess if that makes sense, like a new chapter. <laughs> but you're still gonna see, uh, and you're still gonna see episode number thirty-four. If that makes sense, obviously it should be episode one. It's new season. Which I don't know, I don't care, but I just want to keep it at thirty four. But yeah, uh, so I know, I know that what I'm about to say, you might be, you might be hearing that on Alice's episode, which is coming out on Monday. Uh, there was a there was a switch up on a couple of stuff that we were supposed to record, but uh, yeah, you might whatever you're listening right now is going to be kind of the same from me in that other episode for the first two minutes. So if you want to skip, you know what, just whatever, just just listen to. It. Uh, okay, a, a couple of updates. That's been going on in my life and with the podcast is that I'm quitting my job. Well, sort of, not really. I am I'm sort of transitioning to different stuff and make and I, I also want to put out more content. Obviously, I'm not getting any money from this, but I really uh, you guys are really enjoying this, and I really want to make sure I put out some quality content and making sure you guys enjoy the podcast and the videos and all that cool stuff. Uh, another update is on the hoodies. Hoodies are actually like are officially here. We are making more so that they're on stock. We're going to have possibly 50, 60 available only. So if you guys do want one, make sure you stay tuned on my Instagram. Check out the stories, post. Um, and another thing is I'm going to do a face reveal because some of you guys don't know who I am or what I look like. Uh, if you guys go down to my Instagram at the very beginning of the, a couple of the videos, there's some skits. Very cringy. I totally get it. They're cringe for me. I I can't I cannot believe I made those, but yes, those are that's what I look like so far. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna make a face reveal for some of you guys, and uh, just a couple updates on that. Some really cool news regarding about the podcast, and what else? What else we got? Uh, yeah. So that's basically it. It's gonna be pretty cool. The hoodie launch is gonna be cool. Like it's a change narrative collection. It's gonna be pretty dope. I'm excited. You guys are gonna like it. Hopefully you do. If not, then I know well. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, let's get into the episode. Today's guest, I have a former University of Louisville cheerleader, University of Alabama cheerleader, been part of Team USA for the past five years. He's won four-time ICU World Championships, FISU World Games Champion, and a two-time USASF World Champion. Oh, and he was been part of New Mexico State University. Uh, but yeah, this is my guest. Chris Etheridge. How's it going, brother? Good. How are you? Doing well, man. So how you been lately? I mean, I know it's early morning, but well, how, how was yesterday? I know you did that video, man. <laughs> yep. Pretty good. Um, just again, working pretty hard, getting this new gym together, um, making sure all of our teams are being successful as well as um, working with New Mexico State. Again, trying mm -hmm. to work with them through COVID and all the restrictions we're having here and just um, trying to keep pace that we're trying to get to NCAA nationals this year. That's and um, like I said, just trying to prepare these teams, trying to prepare these teams with the challenges we're, we're currently facing in the world right now. 
dude i it, it, it i mean it's tough right now and i mean something i want to kind of talk about is when you made that video obviously you guys have already seen the video that i made uh on thursday but you how long did it take you to make that video i just it just i always wonder how long it takes the guests to make the video especially with the mask i feel like uh, it had to be it was kind of hard to like breathe it, it took like two or three tries honestly oh really okay yeah. okay so some people well, uh, i've just done a few videos like that before and i've kind of learned the way to do it so we warmed it up and did everything the same with the mask and stuff i went over my lines and then just started filming once we were prepared I, i've kind of learned over the years so <laughs> how to do the how to do those correctly oh man Hey, Chris, uh, you know, you're a talented person. You're a talented cheerleader. I mean, you have a lot, a lot of awards. I mean, medals when it comes to the cheerleader world. Uh, I actually want to talk a little bit more just before we get into your story is about that TMZ. How was that? Even, how Like, how was that feeling? I know you posted that recently, but, you know, I don't know, just TMZ, you know, and then everyone calls you the LeBron of cheerleading. How was that? Yeah, um, it was pretty cool. Um, when TMZ kind of met with USA in the airport, that was about two years ago from today, um, when we were going to the FISU World Games in Poland. It, w it was just a cool opportunity when they were asking questions, kind of talking about the team, um, doing just normal TMZ things, honestly, just getting information uh, and just stuff that they can write about or post about. It was cool just to have that respect for my teammates. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of any sports, nor LeBron James, nor anything, but obviously know the hype or the situation around that. So it's cool to just have that respect from teammates of that's what they think of me compared to I would never call myself that. Um, but for the most part, it, it is super cool and a little bit humbling from your teammates to be able to to be able to be seen that way through their eyes and just the hard work that's been put in kind of pays off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, your story itself, we're, we're going to get into is, is it's very interesting. I mean, the switch up from, from baseball, that's phenomenal. So yeah, let's get into that story. So tell me from the very beginning, how, how did it all started, you know, from just being that Chris, from being Chris to just being, an absolute goat i mean now <laughs> yeah so um pretty much my whole life i grew up playing baseball from age age four forward um that was the sport my parents kind of pushed on me something my brother is two years older than me he played and um just something we kind of grew up together between um parks and rec baseball to then moving on to um private like aau baseball travel ball just being able to um do a lot of stuff sports was like the pri primary thing in my life to constantly be traveling for and improving at so that's pretty much where everything started and I did that all the way up till senior year in high school that, that's something that um, I just was super passionate about at the time and then the, the more I did it like I said towards junior senior year um, I was pretty talented at it and started getting looked at by a couple like local colleges and was actually kind of recruited by there were a few um, JUCOs around me, which is big in baseball. Baseball has that kind of JUCO feeder, which is more MLB based. And mm -hmm. then um, University of Louisville was looking at me, so I was I was signed and committed to University of Louisville to pitch. That was that was my wow. thing that was happening before before cheerleading was, it a full was even. Scholarship? Um, it baseball gives like thirds, or, or it was like okay. 30 percent or something. 
Oh, anything okay. anything higher than that, like you're talented enough to go pro, just right out of high school. So it, it was a super cool opportunity. Like I said, that that was my what I worked for my whole 18 years of playing mm-hmm. baseball. I was like, oh yeah, now I can do this at the higher level and get school kind of paid for a little bit and kind of transition into that. And like I said, then then cheer kind of came along. That's where about senior year of high school is. I had a friend on my baseball team who. Just, I think it was the second year my team had a co-ed team mm-hmm. and he was going to be graduating and they were just kind of recruiting. He's like, you look big. I know you're kind of burnt out on baseball a little bit. You've been doing it for a while. Like, what do you think about cheerleading? And I had no idea at that moment, even co-ed cheerleading was a thing. I don't know if I was just negligent to the world or just thought co-ed cheerleading was just in other areas, not around me, which is funny now because obviously I'm from Kentucky originally and I understand how much I was actually mm-hmm. surrounded by super talented cheerleading (laughs) but i didn't know anything about it but i was i was starting to get burnt out on baseball a little bit and um i just been doing it for so long when you when you're constantly doing it every single there's no off season you're you're training in the training in the fall you're playing fall baseball somewhere you're training all through the winter weight training then you have spring baseball then you have summer ball and you do that for 18 years without a break it just that passion eventually runs out if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And I, I don't know, I think just doing it for so long, just trying to impress people, trying to mm-hmm. build my future completely based upon that. It, it was just eventually getting tiring. So you, so you didn't do it. Did you ever imagine yourself like going to the pros or, or somehow getting there at that point? Or were you like, you were kind of like just do baseball and then i mean that's it i mean then go to college and just get a degree um honestly no i was never really shooting for the pros that was something i don't know i guess realistically in my head i knew was a super hard thing to achieve Mm -hmm. so i I was having just realistic goals of i think playing baseball in college would have been huge and an accomplishment for me and just being able to move forward kind of see what i want to do in college see what i want to do for a career and if baseball can kind of be that pathway to take me there then it would have been great but i never really had that like i said i never watched sports i still don't i still don't really keep up with sports of any site um same as like friends growing up we all of them would watch baseball collect baseball cards dream to be a certain player or anything i, I never really had that i don't know why i was just mm-hmm. super active super outdoorsy so i never sat inside and was able to kind of watch and see all of that stuff so Oh, Not really. I just enjoyed playing baseball. It was just just something yeah. I grew up doing, and it was fun for me. Wow. And then, I mean, when you when you got into cheer, I mean, what were your first thoughts? Like, am I really doing uh, this? Yeah. Like, like, can I find a different sport? Yeah. Um, going into cheer, it was a pretty, I don't know, just that normal transition for any male going into cheerleading. You have all the stereotypes and kind of judgment that can come from whatever area you're in. Mm-hmm. Um. It wasn't too bad. Like to me, it's just the normal. It wasn't any form of bullying, anything too aggressive, just kind of teammates, baseball guys kind of joking on you, you're a cheerleader, all that kind of stuff. But first going to it, like I said, I got invited to an open gym and I'm like, sure, why not? It was literally to me what a lot of a lot of other sport athletes get into cheer is like, okay, I'm kind of tired of my sport and you're telling me I can go like hang out with girls every day. <laughs> That's literally where it started. I go hang out with these girls I kind of already knew because the baseball team knew the cheer team, and yeah, I'm like, I'll go nice. hang out with them. I'll go, I'll go to this open gym or whatever. And it was just, it was a small little cheerleading gym they invited me to on. I think it was like a Sunday, 
Sunday evening or something and went out there and saw humans throwing humans and I was baffled. I think it was the first time I've even seen it outside mm-hmm. of like circus related things. Yeah. So my my first impression was like, how in the world are you holding someone above your head like that? And then I wanted to try it. Then there's that weird part of like, okay, I'm, I'm strong. I think I can do that. And they that that's why they invited me to that open gym is just the, uh-huh. they saw my just physical size. I wasn't as big as I am now, just as tall. I was kind of tall and lanky throughout high school. So seeing that, and that that was my first time, first time seeing Dude, cheerleading that's... and getting to try it. That's crazy. Everyone was like. Oh no, we got Chris. Chris, they're like they're gonna try to do everything in their power to keep you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like I said, thankfully we, we had good coaching. I think my high school coach was a um, he was the coach of Western Kentucky University for I'm not sure what years, just previously. And um, so he had some knowledge of teaching coed, and then some of my local high schools naturally had coed teams since like the mid '90s, even earlier than that. Some of them. So co-ed cheerleading was around, so I, I did have good instruction and kind of a good foundation to to start. But for the most part, co-ed cheer was completely new to my high school. So a lot of me getting into it, like I said, my, my first day, they're like, mm-hmm. you just throw her and catch her. That was kind of my my first instructions of cheerleading. Now it's funny how you <laughs> teach it and tell people to do it correctly. But my first one, they're like, grab her by her hips. She's going she's gonna to bend down, jump, throw her, catch her, try to push through her feet. That's pretty much as far as I got. And... It was cool because I, I still remember it my first day doing it. Most of the guys, I think, were still doing toss hands. Maybe some were getting tossing all the way to the top. It was about uh-huh. the skill level of my high school team. And I think one of my first or second tosses, I threw it all the way to extension and caught it. And people were baffled. But oh, I didn't understand man. what that was. I, I didn't understand at that <laughs> time. They just told me to throw her and catch her. So I caught her with my arms extended. But it was super. It was a super just cool experience to kind of. I don't know that that kind of sparked my interest, and then after them showing me, did you lift a lot in uh, in high school? Yeah, it was more. We had baseball weightlifting maybe once a week. That was just kind of more active lifting for the most part. But no, I didn't. I didn't do anything outside. It was so hectic with school transitioning right into baseball mm-hmm. games and stuff. I didn't really have any time to get a gym membership and kind of go outside of that. But there there was a little bit of lifting. Like I said, I was not nearly. Nearly just into my body as I am now, as growing older. That was definitely the tall, mm-hmm. tall, skinny kid. Still, still strong, but not. I didn't know what I was doing. It was just. Would you say height? Would people. you say height makes a difference in throwing a girl, or um, just, uh, is there an advantage to being tall, or or is knowing that what I know now, I, I I believe so. Knowing what I know now, I believe so. As in. Just the, the leverage that can be created in cheerleading, I'm not sure. I wouldn't compare it to Olympic weightlifting because obviously all the guys you see power cleaning or snatching are not tall like any of them. Mm-hmm. But for cheer, I really think there's a there's a good amount of from the ground to pretty much standing up, lifting your elbows, getting your chest up. I think that height just from good stunners I know um, just through history, there there is a common ground of a lot of them are taller than six foot. At least I don't, I don't say uh-huh. because there's obviously great stunners that have nothing to do with height, but I, I do see with the explosiveness, I think height allows you to be a little faster if you can learn your body. You can kind of mm-hmm. learn and control and have that full body strength to be able to to get off the yeah. ground as quick as you physically can. So there's definitely like a man. It's kind of like uh, I'll give an example like boxing. 
the arm length, like the length of your arm. Mm-hmm. Like if 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 you got someone that has like shorter like like reach, obviously that person's gonna struggle more. I mean, he can still fight, mm-hmm. but if he goes against someone else, it's kind of like oof. You know, I mean, yeah, I totally see what I totally see what you mean. Uh, so, so yeah, so cheerleading is going freaking amazing. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, you're, you're meeting expectations. So what happens your senior year? Um, so senior year, this is kind of a cool story. My, my high school went to the UCA college camp that's in Lexington, Kentucky. That's kind of where they did their school camp. And that was, uh, my first, my first cheerleading kind of camp experience type thing, doing it as a team. So we went up there, Lexington's about... I say 45, 45 to 50 minutes away from my high school. So very close and went up there for that cheerleading camp, which was an experience in itself because I had never been around that many cheerleaders in my life because there's a lot, if you've ever been to those camps before, there's a lot of people there and it, it was a little bit of overwhelming because I've just, one is loud. Everyone's yelling and cheering and stuff the entire <laughs> time. And just being a baseball player and not being around that, it was definitely, I'd say slightly annoying the first time and they're still all all the males kind of grouped together because i think we're all in that same spot of we transition a lot of us transition <laughs> from another sport and we're like okay we don't we don't really know what's going on here but Wait, let me let me ask you this so when you were there as kind of like a as like a new guy did your ego or your pride get in the way at times because you see in all these guys and you're like dude i'm better than you or you know i don't want to talk to you because I just want to show off my stunts. Were you were you ever like that? Um, not really. I think at that point I was doing maybe QPs. I don't think I I don't think I was tossing the QP yet. I might have been, but nothing. Definitely starting to learn full up, starting to kind of uh-huh. see what those were. But like I said, on my team. I had already kind of gotten as far as anyone because, like I said, it's only been a co-ed team for two years before that. So I pretty much got to the toss, toss lib that everyone else on the team won. No one was doing anything higher than that. So not really showing off. I just like to be able to, like I said, I was watching, it wasn't even Instagram at that point, watching kind of YouTube videos, watching just crazy stuff. I literally thought that how in the world is that ever going to happen? Like just idolizing people, like saw my first rewind and was just baffled. I'm like, I can't even throw her up there straight up and catch her feet. These guys are flipping <laughs> girls to one hand, flipping girls to one leg. I'm like, geez, I'm never going to be able to do that. There's the, And I remember having those thoughts and wow. that, and just seeing full-ups and just watching a bunch of these videos. I mean, there were old Pro-X videos. There were old University of Louisville videos, University of Kentucky videos. Um, one of my favorite is, like, I think I got 2008 skills tape of Kentucky that's still out there somewhere, and that's when taping was still a thing before – before you qualified to nationals. So teams would wow. teams would legitimately sit there and film for days of getting stunts without movement and almost exhibitioning all their all their skill set in tumbling and stunting baskets, all of that. So I'd watch those videos and be baffled. So going to Lexington was kinda cool because that was where University of Kentucky was. Like that was the mm-hmm. where all the flyers on my team wanted to go. It was their super dream of I wanna cheer there, I wanna fly there. So that's where going to Lexington kind of I saw the future of cheerleading maybe being college. Yeah. And that's where um this is I remember this literally like it was yesterday. All the all the girls every time Jomo would walk around would be like stunt with me, stunt with me. Like all my flyers would come up to me. 
and I was confused. I, I really was. I'm like, who is Jomo? Like, I've never heard that name in general. But then also, I didn't, I had no idea what it meant in the cheerleading world to them. Mm-hmm. And but they they wanted to kind of show off their skill set, and just pretty much any time any coaches that were there at the UCA camp, kind of recruiting, watching, they'd want to stunt, want to stunt, and that's where. I believe Jomo talked to my head coach and he wanted to talk to me and I think one or two of my other flyers. So that that's pretty much when the moment when cheer turned into a pol- like a possible college opportunity for me. So mm-hmm. getting to talk, I didn't talk to Jomo personally, I don't believe maybe a little here and there when he was giving me instructions throughout the camp, but my coach, again, trading that information, kind of getting me in contact with Jomo to possibly come to future clinics or, things like that for the University of Kentucky for maybe I could cheer in college. Was that the only school? Uh, obviously, that's one that you really had a, like a one-on-one kind of thing, but was that the only school that you were looking at at that point? Would yes, you being aware I, of uh, college? Yeah, I, I knew no other schools. That's okay. the only one I looked at. I didn't go to any recruitment clinics, any combines. I was so new to it. Like That was me going to my high school cheerleading camp. And mm-hmm. then, like I said, it being at University of Kentucky, kind of made that connection right off the bat that I didn't I didn't know what other schools were talented. I had no I used to watch partner stunning skills. I never really got into the point of watching team competition when I was kind of getting new to cheerleading, trying to figure out what's out there and stuff. I, I never really looked any further when I was just getting mm-hmm. recruited there. So all of my all of my sites were completely set on Kentucky. This is what I want to do. I've watched their routines. This is kind of my goal at that point in time. Wow. Uh, wow. And so, I mean, when you when you found out about Kentucky, I mean, I'm just trying to get it from like your perspective. Did you know you were trying out for or thinking about going to one of the best schools, or was it just like, oh, it's just it's just it's just a college cheerleading school that I I just know of. Like it's the first one that came into my mind. Um, we like, oh, kind of right in the middle, this? honestly. Like now knowing just the legacy, just everything University of Kentucky is built in cheerleading and still. Mm-hmm continues to do i had no idea i had i was completely blank to that whole side of it i knew <laughs> i knew the girls knew they were super talented i knew people kind of looked up to them and idolized them just from being around that situation and watching videos and just seeing like wow they do some crazy stuff i've never seen in my life but no mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't understand how elite that actually was and what wow. team i was going to be wanting to try out of for and be a part of if i did i probably would have been definitely more timid <laughs> no man i like that so so what happens? Do you go to Dang. Kentucky or what? So this is where my story gets fun. Um, got to go to, I think, one, maybe two recruitment clinics. There were other trips I went up there on my own. Um, kind of met with the coaches, met with some of the athletes, got to train with them, kind of watch practices. Um, and that was super cool. Like I said, kind of seeing it more on a personal level and not from the outside was a new experience. So that was definitely awesome for me because then I kind of saw the future of like, Oh, maybe I am like getting to go to some of their like events or things like that. I'm like, Oh, maybe I am getting recruited. This is something that'll be great for me. And then, so the story leading up to before tryouts this is probably about six months before tryouts, I would say maybe a little longer than that, six to eight months. Um, I ended up tearing my labrum in my right shoulder. So I did that. Um, I don't think doing anything terribly wrong. I just believe coming from baseball, I didn't have, I was starting to try the stunts that my body wasn't ready for. 
that I wasn't physically, I mm-hmm. guess, in shape to do, physically able to do, which was a lot of like high to high TikToks, trying full ups, um, just live to stretch TikToks, so things that are kind of harder hitting. And maybe it was some back spotting and group studying as well for my high school. And just like I said, just a wear and tear, I guess, a few TikToks because I didn't understand to use my legs at all. So I was just letting the girl switch her feet and stomp on my shoulders for a while. Now that I know what I do in cheerleading, I completely advise against that. But I didn't wow. know. Like I said, I didn't have, I didn't have the, the coaching at that moment to be that in-depth about detail. But ended up tearing mm-hmm. my labrum. So like I said, that was also a process through the University of Kentucky as they referred me to their surgeons at University of Kentucky Hospital, ones they used for the cheer team, ones they – I was still being recruited because there was enough time to get healthy and still be able to attend tryouts, and I would be able to kind of get my skills back. So, like I said, I went through that entire process, which was tough. Like I said, that was my first serious injury of, like, a surgery, not any small tweaks, breaks, strains, little things like that that just require rehab. This is one where I physically mm-hmm. had my right labrum repaired. And that put me out for for a while, probably I think six months is when I was released to start doing like physical therapy, physical activity. But I had a really bad tear to where I had to go two full months in a sling, which was terrible without any movement. Wow. So most of the time they let you out of the sling a little bit. I had two months, no movement um, for my shoulder just to let that start healing. Man, I, I mean, as uh I mean, as a high schooler kind of going into college soon, very soon, I mean, my mindset would have, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know what you were thinking at that point, but I know for me, I mean, when I had my injury in my senior year, it's like, I was like, all right, this is over. Mm-hmm. This is over, man. I am not doing any sports in college. I am I am a failure. Like, that, you know, as like in that mindset of uh, as like a teenager, teenager. So obviously that's not true, but. But yeah, I mean, I what what were your thoughts going in your head? Like, were like, do I even have a chance? Like, is this is this like, am I done or or what? Yeah, I definitely had those thoughts. Um, just that nervousness of I was finally getting talented, finally kind of moving up, achieving what I'm wanting to do. I knew I was getting better with the skills I was doing and the opportunity to progress. And it it felt like a major setback at first, and then I, I guess it was eager. Like I said, I was so new to cheerleading that I wasn't going to let that injury stop me, I guess, in my mind. I'm like, I, I want this bad. Like, cheerleading is fun now. I don't want to um, just give up when I'm first getting into it. Like, I have these opportunities. I'd be stupid. Like, I need to get my shoulder back together, do whatever I have to do, because I want to make this team. Like, this is this is cool mm-hmm. to me. Um, so I had good surgeons. I'm like, I got to I gotta do whatever I can in rehab. I can't get hurt again. So that whole process was – I was definitely still – aims on university of kentucky cheerleading everything was still targeted i'm like i don't care if i got hurt i'm gonna get my shoulder fixed and we're gonna get back into this and like i said i'm gonna be at tryouts i want to try out for this team so that, that's kind of how i thought about it. it definitely was hard at times because i wasn't sure if i was going to be back in time for tryouts or if i was even going to yeah i might be released but can i even stunt you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. can i can i do a toss hands with my shoulder not doing anything in six seven months so there, there was those thoughts, but again, I guess I was just young and eager. Now I guess I would have mm-hmm. thought about it completely different, but then I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to heal this. We're going to band-aid it up. We're going to go, and we're going to still do this. So, yeah, recovering from that, that, that was my, my primary objective, just so I could get to tryouts. I'm assuming there's, 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 there's something good about this, right? There is. 
So we get to tryouts. When I'm finally released, pretty much, I started stunning again seven months post-op. Um, I was very timid, and I think this is where I became a little more ambidextrous in cheerleading, is even when I was allowed to start stunning again, I refused to go to, like, right QP. I did not want to hurt this arm again, so I started doing a bunch of left stunts. I started doing left uh, QPs, left libs. I, I stayed away from my right arm, but was still able to kind of work all my similar skills through the opposite side of my body at the time. And... Then we get to tryouts, and then I'm doing my stunts again. I wasn't able to um, fully be released to tumbling. I think I got released maybe a week before tryouts, something like that, one to two weeks before Kentucky tryouts to tumble. So all I had at the time anyway was like a really ugly backyard, like round off tuck. And I could throw, mm -hmm. I think, a round off back handspring, couldn't connect it to the tuck. And then for standing tumbling, I had a standing tuck and I think a standing handspring back tuck. And if I can find my tryout video, I know they were not pretty at all for tumbling compared <laughs> to because like I said I was scared that that actually scared me to re-hurt my shoulder not being able to train it at all it was pretty much whatever I had before surgery hopefully it's still there with my new little plastic arm or whatever is rebuilt Jeez, so man. yeah so that was a little nerve-wracking and they knew that ahead of time like I said Jomo and University of Kentucky coaching staff was kind of with me throughout the whole process um keeping up with me seeing how the rehab was going seeing how because they still wanted me to be a part of their team. And so they knew, like I said, my tumbling was restricted at tryouts, but I guess could be better in the future. Stunting, stunting I was back mm -hmm. to being able to do everything 100%. So get to tryouts. They have three days of tryouts. Um, first one's kind of getting partners, getting to figure out what you want to do, what they're wanting to see at tryouts. Um, second day, they have their... Or they have first cuts after the first day of just kind of seeing where everyone's at, tumbling and stunning, just more open gym style. Um, second day was like more interviews, a little more structured, um, getting to know the athlete personally, kind of how they would fit in um, with the team. And then the third day was that, that final performance of um, dressing up. I, I was like the UCA kind of polo tucked in shorts kind of look they do at tryouts. It's more <laughs> of a like formal tryout. And then they have final cuts. So I got to make it through first and second day, um, which was still huge. Because like I said, I was nervous. I had no idea kind of where I lined up. There's so many talented people there because they have the returners trying out. And then they also have other recruits trying out. So I say I was somewhat somewhat towards the middle, by no means mm -hmm. at the top of the recruits. There were guys that came in there with fulls and could do toss QPs and full ups that were recruits. I'm like, yeah, they definitely have a spot over me because I could do that. Like I had no idea what a full was. I was not flipping and twisting my body at that time. And but I definitely wasn't the worst one there, so that gave me, I guess, a little bit of hope because they have blue squad and white squad. All I wanted to do was make white squad, which is more of the the JV pushing to be blue squad, which is the scholarship competitive team for mm -hmm. UCA nationals. I just want to be on white. All I wanted to be, I'm like, teach me. I'm like, I am so eager to <laughs> literally. I'm so eager to learn. I'm healthy now. Anything. <laughs> yep. I'm like, teach me anything. I just know everyone here knows what they're talking about, and this is a place where I can definitely go to get better. So I just wanted to be on white squad. Make me tumble. Make me stunt. Let me cheer games. Like I just want to be a part of this program more than anything. So get to third day of tryouts, and stunts went well. Like I said, I don't think I dropped anything. I think I hit a a rewind and a full up and one of those I have the video somewhere I need to post it on my Instagram it's pretty funny just seeing me then and me now um and tumbling like I said I was restricted but still did my tumbling 
I, I was from the way I felt I was recruited. I was definitely confident I could at least find a spot on White Squad. Um, mm -hmm. But after the tryouts, they call out your numbers and you go out on the stage and they're calling those numbers and you're just waiting for years, waiting for years. Uh, mine never showed up. There was a few boys left. Mine did not get called at all. So you're sitting, you're sitting on the side on the third day of tryouts and watching. No. Yep. You're sitting, sitting there watching everyone go out there and get their number called and then you're thinking like, okay, what did I do wrong? Like, did they miss me? Did they just kind of thoughts going through my head then kind of devastated. That, that was a pretty big blow. Cause like I said, I didn't really try out for any teams before that baseball was kind of one through your high school. Um, very low that that was like a high caliber tryout to me and never really been cut before, I guess I can say. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely a new, a new amount of feelings, especially with how much I felt I was recruited and how much I, I tried and did to get back to that level. So, yeah, I got cut from the University wow, of Kentucky, my first dude. team. First team I tried out for. Chris Etheridge getting cut? No freaking way. Mm -hmm. That's not possible. There's No, dude. I. So, the recruiting process, what would you say to someone that is like kind of like the first time in the, in, in the cheerleading world and they get recruited? How should they take that? Should should they keep their eyes or their, you know, it's what what's that saying? Should you don't put all your eggs in one basket, yep. right? Because like then then you're so emotionally into that program, and now obviously the coaches are going based on like I don't know I don't I mean I, each co each coach is different. I mean you're a coach so you would know, but I feel like it's based on like the skills and like the character. But I mean, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Chris went uh, yeah. from high school, how it was. But I mean, I know you were super talented. But what would you say to those people that are that are going into that programs or just have one person that they're they're getting recruited from? Um, those people, from what I know now, and also my experience of getting to coach now, um, definitely do not put all your eggs in one basket. That is 100% what I say. Do not do. Um, you can definitely be committed, be realistic with these coaches. Um, Tell them you're looking at other programs. Like I said, you, you have to find a way to know your worth and what, what you think your worth is. That can be based upon what close peers and friends say. But also you have to know your worth through a coaching standpoint of what, what they're thinking of you, what they believe your skills are, what they're looking for. Not just this like everyone's personal thought of themselves. Like I'm the best in the world. I can go anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely just a realistic perspective of yourself but definitely look at other options there's so many now that i know what i do now and i was so gung-ho in kentucky because i didn't know anything better um there's so many mm -hmm. great colleges out there if you're looking to play any sport but especially cheer there's so many opportunities out there and coaches with scholarships and coaches with huge game day presence and anything you could possibly want in the college there really is one that fits you somewhere out there even if it might not be your your first second third choice there's definitely one that you can fit into and succeed in and, um, like I said, get scholarships, go to school, get your degrees taken care of. So, yeah, I definitely would say keep, keep your options open. You can definitely have your, your primaries, your priority, like this is where I want to go. But don't, be, don't let that hold you back from seeing those other options because you see them as lesser than because there's so many divisions. There's so many different options for what you can do. Don't, don't close your mind. Don't close your mind from all of those other those other opportunities that are out there if you if you're single-minded and completely focused tunnel vision on one goal like i said you get way more emotionally invested in it 
So if, mm-hmm. again, you do not make that team, it hurts. Like I said, I bawled my eyes out for who knows how long after getting cut from University of Kentucky. I had no idea what to do. Because then at that point, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing baseball. I'm not doing cheerleading. I'm like, am I going to college? Am I cheering somewhere? Am I – like, what am I going to do now? So that that was definitely a, a very hard, confusing time. Now going back to that feeling, okay, you got cut. Uh, baseball's not even in – it's out of your mind. Uh, Kentucky doesn't want you at this point. What what's what's plan B? Did you burn all your boats? There was no plan B. I definitely burned all boats and was assuming I was going to make the team. So that's also what I would suggest to anyone listening is do not assume anything. Do not assume you are going to make the team at tryouts. Um you definitely have a backup plan, have something that you're emotionally able to move into and cope with if you do not achieve that that dream at that time. Just even a even a backup, maybe school you're looking at. It can be a backup thing you want to do, or maybe a plan of, hey, if I don't make it next year or this year, I'm going to go for next year. Just have some form of, some form mm-hmm. of backup plan that you're not completely confused and lost as I was. Wow, no, that's tough, man. That's honestly tough when you don't have, when you, when you're just focusing on one team, and like I've had that before. I mean, I've. I've 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 had those moments with like I mean everyone has those moments I mean any anything in sports whether it's just cheerleading or just anything else, uh you're applying to school. Uh so 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 what happens? I'm I'm very intrigued to see. Obviously we know the outcome of everything, but throughout that throughout your journey, what how how did you end up finding another team? Yeah, so his name's Kalen Cook. He cheered um at. It was Bullet Central High School originally, so that's a very local high school to me that had just talented high school cheerleading, co-ed cheerleading for years. And he then cheered at the University of Louisville and I believe Moorhead, maybe, and but went on to coach at the University of Louisville. So he went on to be the small co-ed kind of all-girl coach of University of Louisville. And he heard that I got cut and was just a local kid, didn't make Kentucky, and they're like, they, they were eager. They were like, okay. Here's our program. So I think I, don't, I think he reached out to me um, through a Facebook family friend. Somehow he reached out to me, and he's like, "Hey, we want you to come check out our program. We want we want to see um, what you can do, what you think of us." At the time, too, again, I had no idea who University of Louisville was and that they had a cheer team. I had no idea, and now I know what I do now. And they have won 40 or 50 championships. Again, I I would have guessed been more timid. Did you, were you thinking, I don't know, I don't know if a lot of people think like this, but I mean, I know, I know I was like this in high school. Uh, my high school, my high school coach was like, hey, you should go try out for Navarro. It was a community school. He's like, cool. I'm like, Navarro, community school? Nah, not, not, not for me. I'm not a community guy. I'm more of a big, big 10 SEC type of dude. Mm -hmm. But, and I was thinking, I wasn't even thinking about chilling like cup programs that were some of the best in those schools. I was thinking about yeah. like, like, uh, like, like Purdue. Okay, Purdue's pretty good, but you know, you know, what I'm saying like, there's, mm-hmm. there's like Navarro. You would never people in the true world would know Navarro is the place to go. It is yep. the best, one of the best schools. Um, so yeah, I was like that. I, I just wasn't aware. So when you got, when you heard about Louisville, were you like, uh, I don't know about that team. It's or were you like, oh man, I, maybe? Or was it like the only school that you had in mind? Um, it was more so. I grew up a University of Louisville fan, so I'm where I was born and raised and lived my whole life was right between Lexington and Louisville. 
So oh, okay. I grew up a Louisville fan. Technically, like it's a rivalry. I kind of like hated Kentucky. So even going out and trying there, like I guess <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a fan of whoever gives me scholarship to mm-hmm. be a part of them. That's kind of my perspective. I don't have that super diehard fan loyalty, but definitely grew up University of Louisville fan. And when that opportunity was given to me, to me, that was a big school. They had great basketball. They had good football. They had a, they had good baseball. They had good everything. So when that one was pitched to me too, um, it wasn't really cheer related because at that time I hadn't seen their team. I didn't know what skills they had, but I'm like, Oh, sweet. I can't go to this D one, a university. Here's another one that wants me to check them out. And just for school, that was huge because, I, like I said, I wanted to go to a university right off the bat, which, again, that changes now to how I feel about financially going to college. I think community colleges mm-hmm. are huge and yeah, amazing I mean, opportunities. At, at a young age, you're like, of course I want to go somewhere yeah. big. Why not, man? It's, yeah, it's probably the best thing. Didn't understand what money was at the time. But, yeah, I, I thought that was super cool that they reached out to me at that point. And, again, that, that feeling of being recruited a little bit, that, that's just a cool feeling of, okay, someone notices me or I'm doing something right. Um, because I definitely didn't put myself out there. Now there's so many opportunities I know about between clinics and coaches messaging people and be, like being social able to reach media, out. It, dude. Yeah. Social, social media, media helps huge. a lot. Huge. As a coach, I mean, I'm not a coach, but you as a coach, you're probably. No, I use I mean, it all it's the probably time. Easier than what you were doing back then. Yep. It was probably tougher. Now now you see like uh Kimberly or uh Amber, holy crap, like she's at this place. Let's recruit her. Let's mm-hmm. get her on the team. Boom, bro. It takes seconds. Yep. It's definitely a huge asset now when it comes to recruitment and being able to get in contact with athletes and again, you see their videos, you see their skills. It's almost like getting a skills tape that they don't have to yeah. send to you. You can you can just see it, you can find it. So I didn't get to do that. I actually made a skills tape. I, I have been trying to find it. I have a CD skills tape of where oh, I was in high school. And it's somewhere on YouTube, but I named it something stupid so I could never find it and no one could find <laughs> it of me. It's like I You have I your didn't... YouTube channel? Do you remember the YouTube channel? No, I have no idea what I put it on. No. I, I, if I dig deep enough, I'll be able to find it and I will post it. Because Wait, Do you remember what year? Um, It was 2013 is when I graduated from high school. So somewhere in the 2013 to 14 range. Have you filtered it? Have you filtered it to like the years? Uh I have not. Or so. I have not. I need to go digging because it's something I, I told my parents to look at at home because I know I got a hard copy on the CD somewhere. <laughs> but I went all out for it at that point. That was sent to the University of Louisville. At that point, I'm like, I got to cheer somewhere. I'm going to send out these skills tape. And like I said, my dad's a computer engineer. So we had like a, one of those stickers you could put on top of CDs. Of, it was like a picture of me in my cheer oh, uniform with my man. name. Like, I need to find it. It's super cool. And um, just be able to kind of do that comparison that then and now from 2013 mm-hmm. to 2020 and see where that's at. But sent that to the University of Louisville, and I guess that's where they could kind of see my skills, tumbling, stunning. I'm sure it was cheesy, like those cheesy high school tryout videos of some song <laughs> in the background of me doing like a walk-up. But... Um, <laughs> It's definitely definitely on. was cool to get recruited, and then, like I said, saw them. They wanted me bad. They're like, um, we sometimes offer scholarships. Just depends on the situation of the athlete. They weren't like a straightforward like Kentucky's. Like we have this many scholarships. They're like we just kind of vary around of talent based or necessity by the athlete. So getting to the University of Louisville, that was going to. I think they already had their tryouts at that point because most colleges have them at the same time. I mm-hmm. believe they already had already had their tryouts and I kind of came in a little bit after that and I was invited to their practice and 
pretty much made the team through my video tryout, but I don't think they really introduced me to the team. So I got there and kind of walked there, and everyone's like, who's this kid standing in the corner <laughs> type thing? And I, was, I didn't know anybody. I literally knew nobody. I wasn't at tryouts. I didn't get to meet anybody. I just kind of showed up to their yeah. practice. And th that did was the guys give you team. did the guys give you any hard time while being on the team? Kind of like, whoa, wow, did he just make it like that? Like, is there no like tryout for him whatsoever? There's yeah, no... a little bit. And like I said, they're all super close friends now. But the age of University of Louisville when I first got there, the the men were men. They were older. Like I said, the average age was like twenty four to twenty six. Wow, kind of range Ooh. of the dudes. But to be fair, that's a different story. We could stunt. Like that was the age. That was kind of before the five year rule yeah. pushed into cheerleading. Um, so where you can do five years of eligibility. So that was like the first year of that becoming a thing or first year of that kind of starting to age people out or graduate people out. So like I said, I, I was young, I was 17 coming out of high school. So I was coming onto a team and definitely got that look just from anyone. Cause just that judgmental look of like, he didn't try yeah. out. He just showed up like, who is this person type thing? So a little bit, I felt that pressure, but again, I, I was eager to make friends. I didn't know anybody. At that point, I was on a team. <laughs> hey, and, guys, I'm Chris. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, I'm Chris. You I'm want Chris? That's what James, James you? Speed, the head coach, <laughs> at the end of practice, he's like, Chris is here. He's on the team now. Like, kind of introduced me, and I was just there watching the practice. And that's pretty much how, how University of Louisville started. Wow, I had dude. no idea what I was doing, and I knew nobody on the team. But I was on a college cheer team. So my goal yeah. was completed, just not the way it originally was set up. Wow. And then how, what, what about Alabama? How how does that come into the mix? That Cause... comes into play after about one and a half, two years later. Um, after I was trying out for Team USA. So in Louisville, so, you were trying for Team Team yes. USA. So my okay. flyer, her name's uh, Cheech. She taught me pretty much everything I know. So everyone thinks they got to learn from some like crazy big head time coach at something. No, my flyer taught me every skill I know in cheerleading, and we worked our butt off. She was a fifth-year senior who literally targeted me and saw me as that <laughs> freshman boy. Literally, she saw me as that freshman boy with potential, and she's like, I'm going to teach him how to stunt like me, what I want, and we're going to be able to do partner stuff. Yeah, it is. That's honestly, when someone really wants to stunt with you, and you're like, yeah, let's do it, that is such a great feeling. It is. But it also sucks when you're not the best guy, you're not the more, you're not skill. Mm -hmm. I want to maybe phrase that better, more you're not, you're not developed yet. And it kind of sucks because, you know, there's, there's some people that just obviously want to get better. And obviously, to get better, you need to be with people that are more skilled. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you get your chance and you got your chance as a fifth year, that's that's so cool. Yeah, I agree. And all the, like I said, that, that feeling of not wanting to be stunned with, because she wasn't my original partner. My original partner was just a small girl given to me to try to do something with. So this was, at first, I was that per person of, like, not wanting to be stunned with, just this newbie came in late so they're like i didn't have a partner i was just kind of like tag teaming up with somebody and throwing what whatever girls wanted to stop but again i was eager to yeah. learn and i didn't know anyone's skill level at the time i had no idea what mm -hmm. anything past the rewind was and i couldn't do one so i was just grabbing any girl and assuming they had all these skills which i now know better now i know i know everyone well, doesn't have every skill what would you say to someone that is in that kind of situation then uh that is new brand new on a college team and there are they're not really getting that many reps from, from, from the more experienced flyers. Uh, what do you say to them? Um, definitely it's something you have to be proactive. So coaching at college now, you're, you're a college athlete. You're 18 years old. You're an adult. Um, you have to talk. You have to talk to your coaches. You have to talk to your veterans on the team. 
you have to be like, coach, like I'm wanting to get reps. Like, I'm not sure what's going on. I know I'm new. I know I'm maybe not as talented. You have to be realistic with yourself. And I say to those people, like, you're going to have to spend a lot of that time outside of practice to improve that skill level. So whatever flyer you can get at that moment, get whatever clinic you can go to, even being on a team, or if you can find a stunting class or find anything around you, find someone and do a private lesson. Like find some form of opportunity for you to get extra work in um, outside of that practice. And you can't be picky. You can't want to throw the smallest, best girl on the team. That's not going to get you anywhere. Even if that's the only one you can throw, like you're going to have to, you're not going to instantly get like filet mignon your first day out there. <laughs> really, you're you're not. You're going to have to eat hamburger or just something worse than that. You're going to you're going to have to figure it out and learn and realize like you have to earn it. You don't deserve that. You don't deserve to get that best flyer right off the bat. You have to get whatever whatever opportunity you have and you have to take advantage of it cuz they don't they don't come often. If you miss your opportunity, then there's there's a kind of a kind of your fault side mm-hmm. to it. There's a kind of you were complaining you it wasn't what you wanted to do and not the girl you wanted to stunt with or whatever. Even if it's doing a skill you can't do yet. Let's say you're doing straight tosses for a while and barely making it to hands or stuff like that or doing walk ups. Yeah. You gotta Dude, progress. Makes... You gotta start from the bottom. Now that you're saying it that way, obviously I learned now, but if I were to if I would have been told this years back when I was in high school. Because in high school I was that kid I wanted to get better. Don't get me, I wanted to become the best cheerleader. I saw you guys. I saw you guys stunting on YouTube, Instagram. Like, dude. So I kept asking the best girl on the team, and and sometimes just, they would say no. I'm like, come on. Like, I'm trying to get better. Mm-hmm. And this was where my ego came. I mean, this was Tony younger, like the younger Tony. Obviously, I look back, I would slap him in the face. But I'm like, dude, you need to go find someone uh, ASAP. Like. And I would only want some of the, the, the good girls. And then my coach, my younger coach, she was like 23, like right off the college. She was one of the flyers. And I was like, coach, can I stun with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, none, none of the flyers, none of the flyers are good. And uh, and then she was like, Tony, you need someone with like the flyers on your team so that you're more diverse. And you know, like, no, coach, like I want to get ready for college. I need to stun with you. Like you're small and I, I need to do this now. I don't have that much time. And I just regret being like that. I really do. I mean, I wasn't bad. I wasn't. I wasn't a bad guy. I was just like, coach, like, can, can we please stun? Like, I, I really want to get good. And uh, she, she, I mean, she would at, at times. She, she would, but she really was like, nope. Until you stunt with with her and her and her. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. And I wasn't able to do that cool. That I was yeah. able to do a talisman extension with them and with coach with our, with my coach. I was able to do that hands live QPs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to do that. It's like, no, you need to do I'm like coach i'm not gonna make my the college cheer team and looking back i'm like dude what the hell are you saying like now you as a coach and you obviously you have more experience you're like the more people you stun with the more versatile you are the longer you're gonna hold the stunts because you're gonna get a better feeling of each flyer if i'm if i'm correct right Mm -hmm. you're gonna be able to do more stuff because i mean you're not relying on one person's skills you're relying on, on 20, 30 people, and that's something that I wish I would have been taught. Yeah, like, absolutely. And you know, it just that's something that I know people, some people struggle. I struggle with. Uh, not not now, but obviously I'm not in the cheerleading world now. But yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely. What made me, what I, what I think, what made me get to where I'm at is 
like I said, maybe it just stunning with not the flyers you want to. Like all the hard work you have to learn how to hit it. My goal at University of Louisville, and I still have this goal, is like I want to be able to hit these skills with every flyer on my team. It wasn't just I didn't want to hit these skills because to me, like I said, everyone's got there's so many different sizes, skill level, veteranship. There's so much that goes into that. But I'm like, I want to be so good. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to be so good that I can hit all these skills with whatever girl. And then I want to be able to teach it. I want to grab a girl who's never done one. And I want to be able to teach her these skills. That's kind of like what got me there. And that's what made me good. That that specifically of, I want to do this skill with every girl. I want to do a lib with every girl. I want to do a uh -huh. toss hands extension with every girl. I want to do a full up with every girl because that means I know what I'm doing. That there was that moment yeah. of, I, I'm not relying on, of course you can grab a, 80 pound flyer from team USA who's done everything <laughs> you put your arms up and they're going to get there. Like that's just the, the experience, the veteranship of all the hard work yeah. they've done to get there. You don't have to do much. It's already, it's like someone handing you like a Lego set that's done all but one piece. Like the only other piece that is you, so much sense, dude. but like, I wanted it. I wanted it from the, I wanted it from the ground up. I wanted to yeah. learn how to hit my stunt and it sucked. It sucks to learn. Like there's a lot of oh, drops, yeah. a lot of, <laughs> A lot of hits, a lot of elbows, a lot of falls. Um, so it's definitely super important to have a safe environment to do that. You just don't do it on your own. That's just me coaching now. Like that's a price. Yeah. That's a price you pay a lot. That's a price that you're paying for. But at the very end, you're gonna look back and you're gonna be like, "Wow, I did all of this, and now I'm now I'm doing this." Uh, but yeah, no, I was I was just I was like that in high school, and then when I got to my my I went to this private school, Adrian. And I just didn't stun at all. And I learned to be more humble and learn to be more versatile because I, I was I was asking people on Instagram, how do I do this? How do I do that? And when I had no one available, I would just go to this. And when I went to Michigan State, different mindset, mm -hmm. different mindset. I was I didn't care who I stunned with because I was at my dream school. I was, was there. I was like, oh, do I need some with her? That's all right. I, mm -hmm. I don't care. And then, oh, you're available. I have Boom. Let's go. Let's go. Let's let's wrap them out. I don't care who it is, who's available. And dude, I was very versatile with every flyer on the on the team, and I just saw that's that's such a that's a key. I think that's key when you want to learn and grow better, and obviously to get to that point where you are at, you know, you have to do those kind of stuff to really you know get to the top. Yeah, it's the progression. Progression is everything, especially even learning skills or just progressing as what you want. You can't just. Mm -hmm see a skill and go after it there's a reason that skill is existing for that person there there is a foundation that you don't see behind the scenes of like yeah. i said you got to be able to you got to be versatile you got to be able to stun if your coach says do this like your job is to make it work or like that that, that was my mindset at least I'm like no i don't want to do mm -hmm. that of like all right i was given a task like this is my task you get you the way you approach it mentally is huge if you approach mm -hmm. it if i don't want to do this i'm better than that if you, if you ego it out you'll never get anywhere Exactly. I, re I really wish I would have known that. Dang, Chris, what were you in my life? All right. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> no. It took me time to learn that. I promise you I didn't start with it completely. So, yeah, man, that mindset is everything. But so kind of going back to this, uh, to the story, you are you're in Louisville getting good. Uh, Alabama, like how was that? Why did you choose Alabama? Like what, what was your transfer? Okay, so I met a few um, Alabama cheerleaders my first year on Team USA. So this is 2015, I believe, kind of 14-15 range. Um, went there and just kind of – I felt like I reached my peak at Louisville for the point of NCAA has stunners and tumblers. So 
I wanted to be well-rounded. There's just a part of me. I'm like, I don't want to just be labeled as he can only stunt. He's the big boy. That's all he can do. I'm like, I want to do it all. And Louisville, because we had so many outstanding tumblers that already had those skills, like would never need me to do it. So we never spent time teaching it. So um, I wanted to go to a school that was going to make me tumble. And um, UCA was the way. Literally, you have 16 people on the floor. Every Every boy tumbles. Every boy stunts for the most part. So I'm like, I want to go to another school. Um, Alabama was cool to me because, like I said, I didn't know how big their football was. I'm like, that'll be awesome if I can if I can try out and make this team. And also, um, I wanted to transfer, so my other option would be the University of Kentucky. But I'm spiteful since they cut me. <laughs> yeah, since they cut Still me, suck. I was I was not going back. So I found a school that competed against them. That's not the full reason why, but I wasn't going back there because I just mm-hmm. felt. Like, I don't know. Just did you have those. some fire in your – did you have something – obviously, you don't have, like, grudges with anyone, but mm-hmm. did you have, like, a uh, – like, a, man, I I really want I, – I want to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you why you – you know, why why you skipped – you know, why why you didn't have me on the team. Yep. I mean, I feel like everyone would. I mean, absolutely. Right? I for sure had that fire. That's why I chose University of Alabama because they were a team that – Again, that UCF, Alabama, Kentucky kind of rotates around in that top three of UCA. Um, wasn't going to Florida. I hate Orlando. I've been there so many times. I would never live in Orlando. <laughs> that is not a place I would ever go. Um, so Alabama was still close and a cool opportunity. So I'm like, I'm going to go there. Um, again, learn the best I can. I want to learn to tumble. I want to be on this team now and further my skills. My stunning's getting better. Now I want to also work on my weakness, which is my tumbling. So that's where I transferred there. And that was that was just an amazing opportunity of a year. That's just kind of that SEC football. Like, if, if you're a game day cheerleader, some of that SEC, Big Ten, um, there's so many out there. But these big schools, um, the tradition behind the sports, like, that's when cheerleading became not just competitive and me getting better, but, like, actually being a cheerleader for, mm-hmm. for football or for a huge sport team, doesn't matter what it is. That was cool. And I know Alabama's, like, top of the line in like football oh, yeah. and they're always way up football? there but all those it, big it, that experience yeah. of just that college town of tuscaloosa and just the friends i met down there that that was just a super cool kind of me growing up year um getting away from home and improving now, and improving myself were you in that were you in that year with millery uh when you guys won no no you i you, was the you year never got to... after her i believe but yes, I cheered with Miller. I cheered with Miller for a long time. So, did you win a championship throughout in Alabama? No, I only cheered there for one no. year. I cheered there in 2016, and I don't remember what place we got. Maybe like third Wait, or fourth, maybe. Okay, I see. Okay, so 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 Alabama game day. Um, just want to prove. I mean, you are more than just a stunter. Uh, some of us, I mean, like some of myself, I can't really tumble. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I mean, everyone, I feel like everyone can, but you just got to really get that mindset going. Um, so, Team USA, I mean, was that was that really where it kind of like drifts off after Alabama? Yep. So, Team USA, I, I got it my end of my first year at University of Louisville, maybe my second year. I think it was going into my second year. The way I knew about Team USA was Cheech, my flyer, taught me everything, uh-huh. was um, she made the team, and she was Mitch Budlong's partner. So Mitch Budlong would come into gym time in Louisville and stunt with Cheech, and I was eager. I knew they were good. I knew he was good. These are Team USA cheerleaders. And like anyone, they had challenges they had to do, and they needed a spotter. And I'm like the first volunteer. I'm like, I want a spot. 
I, I will be the <laughs> literally. I'm like, I don't care if I throw a single stunt. I'm gonna learn everything I can from someone who knows no, what they're talking about. That's that's literally me. Like, I there was a guy on on the team on my team, my uh, mission state, best guy. Name is Garb. He he asked for and, and and I was a rookie. Well, I was a first year on the team. Mm-hmm. He he needed a spotter. Obviously, no one under the vets or everyone would want to want to spot him because they got other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was me, 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 me. <laughs> I would spot. I would spot. I don't. I I'm not asking for any of the reps. I'm not asking. I just want to watch and spot. Yep. Literally, that for me got me to stun with her with the girl that he he was stunning more. Mm-hmm. He got me. He taught me more, and I was able to get better and better, man. I brought my flyer in. He taught me how to do a couple of stuff. I'm like, dude, this is the mm-hmm. freaking best job ever. Yep, I agree. I, I suggest that to anyone. If you know you have people around you with more knowledge than you or more experience than you, and they're willing to teach, like, be a sponge. Any opportunity you have to learn from somebody, learn. I still do that to this day. Any person I find when I'm around, like, good friends that we're competitive with each other but still friends and we know just kind of different – stunts or different techniques or just different perspectives on things like i'm still sponging i want to learn from anyone i can even older coaches who've been doing it longer now i'm doing it as a coach just absorbing everything i can mm-hmm. because that's what's going to make you the absolute best so when they came and stunted and I'm like i will be here to spot and i want you to teach me all this crazy cool stuff i see online Dude. and cannot do that's 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 the way to go i honestly uh i was known as a spotting guy i was like I was like, oh, Tony was spot. Just just give him a call or text. He'll be there. No, literally, you give me a call or text, mm-hmm. I'll be there. I don't care if you're actually new or I don't know if you're the same. You know, it's just getting that reps, man. And, like, you're you're hitting those points that everyone should be doing. For those who are not doing, what the hell, dude? Mm-hmm. Or or girl, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, you got to get that, get that work in. Uh, but, yeah, man, Team USA, you've been five years from 2015 – 2019 that's crazy dude yep i definitely enjoy it like i said not not cheering in college anymore like that to me is that to me is my fun um definitely like that same friend group a lot of not everyone like not all veterans stay and return all the time but there is a pretty much Mm -hmm. like core group of veterans if we're still not too busy with like growing up getting jobs type things or um just not getting too old where doing that crazy flipping and stunting hurts or doesn't feel the same as it did when we were all yeah. like 17 and 18. Um, but definitely team, team USA is an amazing opportunity. Even I suggest it to anyone, even if you, you feel your skills, definitely don't be so unrealistic. Like it's team USA. It's, it's representing mm-hmm. the country in your sport. So it's, it's high level. It's super competitive, but what's, what's the coolest thing about it is just the amount of like humbleness of the athletes that I've been on the team with. Like, Egos are dropped because you know you're representing something bigger. You're representing your country and your sport. It might not be Olympics. It might not be whatever. It's But it's the highest thing you can do in this country for your sport. So anyone kind of seeing that skill set, kind of chasing that dream, um, don't think it's unrealistic. You do have to look at kind of what skills they do and somewhat compare and gauge where you're at. But even the tryout opportunity in itself is amazing. Just like being in that room and knowing everyone's good and like this is this is it. This is like the best of everyone from everywhere coming together and just if you love cheerleading, I guess the same way I did, seeing that that happen and meeting people that maybe you've idolized or seen online or just being a part of that is huge. 
it, it's huge even like getting cut whatever like yes it's heartbreaking <laughs> but when it comes to just that opportunity of just like i said it's such a positive vibe of everyone's cheering on everyone everyone wants everyone to make the team there's no like it's not cutthroat there's no cutthroat of you're intimidated i'm not going to make it type thing mm-hmm. of everything is everyone's cheering for everyone you you love to see each other do well so that that's kind of what the whole usa experience is for me it is crazy tough once you make the team but it is worth it it is worth being able to train that routine kind of go perform walk out on opening ceremony and see all these foreign countries that idolize you and all of that so team usa is definitely one of my favorite experiences in cheer and why why so many people i think keep coming back once they've done the team and also like people want to be a part of mm-hmm. and now that you've now that you've done all this, I mean, you've traveled around the world. You've done this cheerleading. Uh, I mean, do you look back at Kentucky? Do you look back at that day, that injuries leading up to the tryouts and kind of like, man, I'm about to make it, dude. First, second day. Let's mm-hmm. go. Third day. Bam. Yeah, at this point, um, getting cut from University of Kentucky is the best thing that ever happened to me. I will definitely say that it, it, it changed my, I guess my mind, my ego, my work ethic, everything I was geared towards didn't happen. So like I said, not making a team, like not getting what you want is actually the, the biggest motivator, the biggest fuel that I've ever had. If you constantly get your way, you're going to be entitled, spoiled, egotistical, anything you can throw at that. So, um, not making that team, like I said, I, w- I wouldn't trade it. I would not change my experiences right now to getting me where I am. Um, that was a huge motivator. It was a huge of like, I get myself one year from there. I'm like, I'm going to be better than their whole team. Like, that's kind of my mindset. Like from the beginning, I-, I was super prideful at that moment. I'm like, you cut me, like, watch this. Just like literally. I'm about to prove yeah. you wrong. <laughs> yeah, and that's always been just, I guess, my mentality, even through baseball and just who I am as a mm-hmm. person. Like, um, people doubting me is a is a motivation is nothing but pure mm-hmm. motivation of yes i want it for myself but i want it to show you why like i, I want I to show you with my skill not with my talk not what i'm saying about myself i want to show you with my skills with by leading by example of of who i am and what i do i love that dude i that's what you're saying is really uh what I truly believe is, I mean, not having bad blood. You don't want to have bad blood. You don't want to have like something against someone. Never, never, never. But when someone rejects your opportunity and doesn't give you that chance because of good reasons, obviously, Mm -hmm. obviously it's not meant to be, you know, Uh, give you an example. This is something that I really want to do. When I got this enroll from MSU because I couldn't afford it. I told myself, I was laying in my bed, I was like, I was crying, I'm like, you know what, dude, I'm, I'm going to come back to MSU, but not to go back to school, but I'm going to pay back, because I, I, I owe them money, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a big fat check, whenever I get the money, whenever I make it, I'm going to write that check, I'm going to pull up in a Lamborghini, <laughs> I'm going to drop that, I'm going to drop that baby off. And I'm gonna put some music, some cool stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, hold, I'm gonna have a whole freaking, I'm gonna have a camera guy just record the whole thing. Now, some people might say, "Oh, that's super materialist saying, like super, like super, like why, why are you doing that?" Well, I mean, I don't know. It just, it's just something that I want to say. Hey, I miss you. Thank you for 
or this because because of this i'm able to drive a lamborghini to you obviously it probably wouldn't be mine it'll probably be a rented <laughs> i don't know depending on where i'm where i'm at and maybe four or five years who knows in four or five years anything can happen uh i'm not saying i will but hey who knows you gotta have high dreams you know yep uh but yeah i mean i'll just give you i don't know that was probably a stupid example but yeah <laughs> no i completely get it that's what i say like if you have a goal if it's a goal go get it like it's not yeah. gonna come to you that, that's my thing it's not gonna come to you that's the same thing as where we go back to wanting to stunt with that best flyer type thing like you have to do everything in your power to achieve that goal you have to put in any work you you have to be willing to do anything and that that comes down to you can say it all day long but you got to kind of check yourself and you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get where you want to go Hell if yeah, you wait around that. for it if you wait around for it to happen it's not going to so that was my thing really my motivator once i started getting good and realized it i'm like i don't want to be the best on my team i don't want to be the best here i'm like i want to be the best ever and i'm not calling myself that because i i wouldn't there's so many different perspectives of how you look at What's great at cheerleading? Well-roundedness, uh, winning. Well, come on, you are good. Are you talking about? I... No, I, I, no, I know I'm talented, but the way I say it, like my motivation <laughs> was, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to look at mm -hmm. that's the, the same of me hitting these big skills like the double one to one and stuff. Like I had a checklist. I had all these huge idols and huge. legends and icons and everyone, and I'm like, this is what they're known for. I want to do what they can do. I'm like literally everyone. I didn't want to just go after one stunter. I'm like I literally was targeting people I thought wow. were the best in the world, and I'm like I want to. You had a. You I had want a... to hit their stunts. I'm like I want to do what they can do. I want what what they're known for. What everyone. I'm like I want to be able to do every skill and more. Like that. That was oh, my motivation. Crazy. I'm like so I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna start knocking them off. I'm gonna check them off. And the, my last biggest one was that double one to one. And I'd wanted to do it for years, and I just know cheerleading. The top, dude. Yeah, that was the top. I wanted to. I, I knew what girls I wanted to do it with just through cheer, and I, I knew what's realistic about stunts at that point in time, and just waiting for that opportunity. And I was not gonna pass it up. That's crazy. That I love it, man. Um, no, you built the phenomenal career, guys. Uh, if if you're still listening, which um you are, because this is the number one cheerleading podcast in the world, baby. Um. Uh, Chris, any last words uh, for, for just anything, either for someone that is just doubting themselves and they're like, what the hell, man? I got cut or just in general, just a, like work ethic. Yeah. Um, just I mean, you've said a lot. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. you said a lot. And but I mean, any any last thing that you want to just point out? Just in closing, um. Don't be afraid when it comes to cheerleading. I guess in life in general, don't be afraid to chase those dreams. Um, they're they're really not too big. Um, you can't overwhelm yourself in that sense. If if you want something, um, you you have to make it happen. You have to go after it. Um, the only thing that's going to hold you back is yourself. It's going to be your attitude. It's going to be your worth work ethic. It, and don't don't make excuses. Every everyone loves for their like misfortunes to be someone else's fault. And at some point in times you can't control them and they are, but my, my advice, if I can give any is, um, you're responsible for pretty much your own, your own dreams, your own destination. There's some form of accountability you have to have and, um, hold yourself to it. Hold yourself to high standard. You should be your, your biggest enemy and your like best friend all along within yourself. You have to know yourself and you can't rely on getting that elsewhere. You, you have to know what you want. You have to kind of dig deep a little bit. And then go after it because 
it's not coming to you. It, it will not magically show up in an Amazon package at the front door. You have to, <laughs> you literally, you have to go get what you want and um, do whatever it takes to get there. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. You've been, you're an amazing, you're, you're, you're the goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron James, cheer. Uh, yeah. But if you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe. You uh, where are you listening? Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and make sure you follow Instagram because we do some cool stuff there, some cool stories. And you do not want to miss out on, on future stories because the stories are pretty lit. And I should probably stop talking about stories. Okay, I'll see you guys later. Peace.